Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 178, Love Yourself. It's January 8th, 2024. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, etc. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any capacity. There is no music for my intro anymore or my outro because music combined with voice makes it very difficult for people who are hard of hearing to be able to discern the voice. Join my movement to get all podcasters to drop the music for their intros and outros because that would be a way to include people and we would like everyone to be inclusionary. That's my intro without music. Love yourself. Oh, what a what an amazing topic this is. Before I piece this together for you, please visit my website and enter my giveaway. I already mentioned my disclaimer, but it bears repeating. Nothing I say in this podcast or any of my content in any format is designed to be medical or therapy advice. It is simply not designed for that. You should receive your medical or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider. I do have transcripts available for hearing and and the deaf and hard of hearing community. Unfortunately, transcripts for podcast one through 170 something are in a very poor format. I am working to correct that. Uh, a couple podcasts ago, I did get those corrected, but I do apologize. It's it's horrific. They're really horrific had I known. And I do think there was a shift when we changed from my IT guy doing the transcripts with the plug-in to RSS that made them even worse. But I am working on that. If you are suicidal, if life is too hard for you and you are struggling, I am asking you to call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988. There is a help available for you, so please take the help. Love yourself. This is a very difficult topic for many of you, too many of you, unfortunately. We know from the research that approximately 85% of the world has low self-esteem, meaning you don't like yourself, you feel that you are undeserving, you feel that you are unworthy, you feel that you are unlovable. This is an epidemic. It doesn't seem to be, there doesn't seem to be any controversy about the statistic of 85% of the world having low self-esteem. That there seems to be agreement about that. That's all I can tell you. So that means it is an epidemic. In this podcast, I'm talking about self-love and I do want to distinguish. I'm not talking about narcissistic love. I am not talking about hubris-filled, arrogant, self-aggrandizing, egocentric love. No, I am not talking about that type of self-love. That's that's not really self-love. But in this podcast, I am talking about you liking yourself, appreciating yourself, not expecting yourself to be perfect, being able to make mistakes and get things wrong, having accurate awareness, and not competing with other people. Why, why is it that so many people in the world have low self-esteem or don't love themselves? Well, I'm going to give you a list of very common and reasonable situations that cause people not to like themselves or not to love themselves. One, childhood trauma or adverse childhood experiences. 
Two, having a perfectionist parent where you could never do it good enough or never be good enough for them. Three, sibling bullying and mistreatment, which happens in America to up to 80% of American children. Four, a parent with a mental health disorder or diagnosis could be the reason. Five, a parent withholding love and affection, which is extremely common and something we are not talking about. Six, having your feelings invalidated as a child or adult. I hate to break it to you people, we are still wildly invalidating other people's feelings in public. It's a common phenomenon. Seven, your parent or both parents played favorites with the other siblings. Eight, if you were the family scapegoat, scapegoat or in a double bind situation or the black sheep that could result in you feeling that you don't like yourself or love yourself nine if you were bullied in school in sports or in another situation ten if you grew up in a home where domestic abuse was present note i said domestic abuse i'm not talking about domestic violence although that's included simply domestic abuse absent the violence could cause you to feel unworthy undeserving unlovable 11. If you are trauma bonded with a family member, a significant other, a best friend, or some other person, that could be the reason why you don't feel lovable or worthy. 12. If you are experiencing or have experienced betrayal trauma, which could include betrayal blindness and you might not be aware of it. 13. If you grew up in a home where addictions were present or an issue, that and I'm not limiting that to drugs and alcohol, by the way, that could cause all kinds of problems for you, including low self-esteem. 14, if you were used or exploited by other people in your life, that could cause you to have low self-esteem. 15, if you didn't have enough friends growing up or don't have enough friends then or now, that could result in you feeling unworthy. 16, if you compare yourself to others on a regular basis and come up short, as a perpetual way of life that would leave you most likely or predictably feeling unworthy 17 being raised by a self-absorbed or self-centered parent 18 thinking everyone out everyone is out to get you which is a disempowering attitude or belief but that would contribute to the issue 19 being rejected can contribute to this issue note i'm saying can contribute to the issue 20 you have had other life challenges and not enough support. 21, you were not safe or protected as a child, which could be physically safe, emotionally safe, or psychologically safe. Next, you don't have enough safe people in your life or you don't even have one safe person in your life. You are prone to negative thinking or you have irrational thinking. That's a long list of very common situations in life that can result in you not liking yourself or not feeling worthy or deserving. This is extremely common situations. These are extremely common situations in life, leaving people feeling they're not good enough, they're just not worthy, they're just not deserving. Before I start talking about the science uh, and the benefits of feeling good about yourself, I would like to stop and really take a little pause to give you the impact. So what does having low self-esteem or feeling self-loathing or feeling unworthy or undeserving do to you as a human being? Number one, it does not feel good and therefore hurts you and hurts your well-being if you're feeling undeserving, unworthy, unlovable, or not good enough. 
two. Low self-esteem is a filter or a lens through which you filter all of life. Your thoughts, perceptions, judgments, and conclusions all run through the filter of low self-esteem. So what does that mean to you as a person? What that means is people who have low self-esteem typically or most frequently add meaning or distort what is happening in their life to match their feeling of unworthiness. You may or may not be awake and aware that you are doing that. I don't know if you're awake and aware, but this is your wake up call. For example, this example is for a person who has low self-esteem. Someone else gives you a great compliment, such as you are looking fantastic or you look amazing. Very frequently, the person who has low self-esteem then adds the meaning or nuances that are not part of the compliment. They might say to themselves, oh, see, that means I looked horrible every other day but today. Or, oh, see, gee, I'm really not attractive. They will add meaning that the person who gave them the compliment had no thought or intention. There was no thought or intention of the person saying, you look amazing, or you look beautiful, or wow, you look fantastic. There's no thought that the person giving the compliment had to be saying, oh, but you look terrible every other day. But this is the meaning or possible meaning that someone with low self-esteem adds to life. So it provides a distorted reality. Now, if you specifically said to the person giving you a compliment, do I usually look horrible? Am I, do I look worse on other days? What are you talking about? You could then get clear about what they meant. It just might be that they decided to give you a compliment, which is not something they normally do. You would have to really dive in to ask what the person meant, which is not typically what happens. So in the context of a person having low self-esteem, feeling unworthy, feeling undeserving, feeling not good enough, this is typically what happens. Typically, you add meaning that is not in the conversation, that is not in the situation. It's very common. Maybe you don't always do it, but it's very likely that you probably do it. At least 100% of the people I've talked to over the years who have had low self-esteem have acknowledged to me, oh yes, I do that. Yes, I do do that. Yes, you're right, I do that. Maybe not 100% of you, but a lot of you will engage in that and that's not helpful. Number three. From the research, we know that low self-esteem frequently travels with irrational thinking. What that means is in the research, it's common to find a person who has low self-esteem also having a form or version of irrational thinking. It's not an automatic, it's not 100%, but it's common for people who have low self-esteem to also have one form of irrational thinking. If you're new to irrational thinking, irrational thinking is extremely common first off. I have not settled on a statistic for the prevalence of irrational thinking. At this point, I think it's over 60 or 70%, but I'm not, I don't have the statistic. And, and it may be because there's no agreement about that. 
Irrational thinking is another word for irrational thinking is a cognitive distortion. What that means, if you have irrational thinking, aka cognitive distortion, your thinking is flawed, inaccurate, or distorted. That's what irrational thinking means. And there are many, many forms of irrational thinking. For example, leaps in logic, black or white thinking, or all or nothing thinking, emotional reasoning, magical thinking, blaming, having shoulds, discounting the positive, global labeling, overgeneralization, fortune telling, minimization or magnification, personalization, comparison. That's a short list of many cognitive distortions. I haven't even found a list where we have agreement on what all the cognitive distortion possibilities are. I've seen lists that are 15, I've seen lists that are 20, and I think I saw a list that was like 50. So I don't know that we even have agreement about what all the cognitive distortions are. If you happen to recognize at some point now or later that you have distorted thinking, that you have irrational thinking, guess what? The good news is you can get over that. The good news is you can take intentional actions over time to rewire or reprogram your brain and move away from irrational thinking. Many of my podcasts will help you, although I do have one particular podcast on cognitive distortions. This is very important because rational thinking is where you would like to be. Rational thinking is the goal. Number four, this issue of low self-esteem <coughs> can dramatically negatively impact your relationships on both a personal and professional level. Imagine your boss giving you a year-end review and you add negative nuances or negative meaning to what your boss said. That's not good. And it changes what your boss actually said. If we go back to the example of the compliment, the, the person with low self-esteem completely changed the context of the compliment to be a negative. Oh, I'm not, I don't look good every day. At work, you might be doing that. It's likely you're doing that. And in your love relationships or your friendships, it's also likely that you're doing that. You end up with a false view of your life and a false view of your relationships because everything about the way you think is off base. Number five, people who happen to have low self-esteem are more likely or more prone to negative thinking. That doesn't mean everyone who has low self-esteem is a negative thinker. It simply means what we know from the research that people who have low self-esteem are more likely to engage in negative thinking, which can include brooding, ruminating, catastrophizing, and overthinking. What this does to a person who has low self-esteem is it's likely to make them miss out on opportunities that life provides them because all by themselves, they can talk themselves out of taking a chance. This can impact their career where they decline a promotion because in their mind, they're not good enough for the job. In their mind, they've made up that they're not worthy of the promotion, that they won't be able to do it. This also causes traumatic losses in relationships of love and friendship. This is a significant area of concern if you have low self-esteem. Number six, 
This is a painful issue for other people in your life. It is deeply painful for the people who love you and care about you to watch yourself beat yourself up. When you have low self-esteem, you are perpetually beating yourself up. You are perpetually being hard on yourself. And that's difficult for people who care about you to watch. It's just simply painful. I wish I could say it any other way, but it's, it's painful. Number seven, your low self-esteem has a significant impact on your life and in the lives of the people who care about you. It's time you stop kidding yourself. It's time you start to wake up and recognize this is a problem. This is not good for me. Now, for some of you listening to this podcast, you've already decided that you can't change the way you are. I hate to break it to you, but we have compelling scientific research on the neuroplasticity of the brain that tells us you can absolutely rewire and reprogram your brain through intentional actions or intentional stimuli over time. It's not true that you can't change yourself. It's a fact if you use neuroplasticity of the brain, you can change personality traits, you can change the way you think, you can change almost anything about yourself and your life. So that's point number one. Point number two is <laughs> that for some of you listening to this podcast right now in this moment, you are beating yourself up. I know. I, I do understand this way of thinking. I'm, I'm relieved I don't have this, this issue, but I am compassionate and deeply sorry that you are having this issue if this applies to you. My request is that you take the bat out of your hands and lay it down. I ask for the balance of this podcast that you be open, open-minded to listen to what I have to say and, and recognize, hey, this issue, having low self-esteem, has been a problem since the beginning of time. It really has been, and people have dealt with it successfully since the beginning of time, long before we understood the science of neuroplasticity of the brain, people were changing themselves. This is age old. This is timeless. So yes, you, if you have low self-esteem, you can change that. You really actually can. I'm asking you for the balance of this podcast to just put the bat down, then sit back and let the words wash over you and come to the recognition, hmm, I, I don't understand neuroplasticity, but I trust her. And by the way, you don't have to trust me. You can listen to my podcast on neuroplasticity of the brain and understand the high points of the science. That podcast is neuroplasticity of the brain neuroplasticity of the brain and psychoneuroimmunology, two scientific terms that I love, 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 and two scientific terms that I would love for you to implement and use in your life because they are powerful. So hopefully at this point, you're starting to get the idea, if you hadn't had it prior to the podcast starting, that low self-esteem or not loving yourself is a big problem. Hopefully that's clear. Now I would like to, and hopefully you've also decided that, yeah, I guess I could change myself. I could, I actually could handle this problem. Now I would like to cover the benefits of self-love, which you could also look at the benefits of self-acceptance, the benefits of self-compassion, the benefits of liking yourself. 
Use whatever terminology you're comfortable with. For some of you, you are so self-loathing, the idea of loving yourself repels you. It triggers you. For you, you might have to go from self-loathing or not liking yourself to just actually liking yourself before you could move into a genuine appreciation of who you are as a human being. Here are the benefits to self-love, self-acceptance, self-compassion. One, improved emotional regulation. Two, it feels better. Three, the neurotransmitter dopamine is released when you're feeling good about yourself. Four, improved mental health. Five, increased self-esteem. Six, less anxiety. Seven, improved relationships. Eight, better sleep. Nine, increased productivity. 10, increased strength. 11, less stress. 12, it's a much more attractive quality and less painful than you being self-loathing, self-critical, or not liking yourself. 13, it's more authentic. 14, it promotes health, in particular self-care and self-compassion. 15, it can build resilience or strength, particularly when you're facing life challenges. 16, it decreases the risk of emotional disorders, stress, and related health conditions. 17, it increases confidence. 18, it helps to reduce fears and negativity. 19, it provides for better boundaries. And 20, it provides for less depression. There are 20 significant benefits to taking action and moving away from being self-loathing, feeling not good enough, feeling undeserving. I don't know how many more benefits you would like. There's probably several I missed, but that's a good that's a good list. 20 is a good list of benefits. So at this point, hopefully you're realizing, yes, I'm really not that nice to myself. Because some of you, you are like Sid Vicious to yourself. Some of you are so cruel to yourselves, it literally breaks my heart. And I hear this, I see this out in the world frequently. I do. So hopefully at this point, you've decided, hmm, yeah, I, I think that I've paid a high enough price at this stage of my life for not feeling good enough. It's time for me to get on the road. Here are my suggestions to help you move towards self-love. Number one, grow your emotional abilities. Well, I'm a diehard fan of growing your emotional abilities. And the reason this makes it as number one on the list is because when you grow your emotional abilities, number one, you're increasing your self-awareness. Number two, you're starting to deal with rational thinking. Number three, you're starting to deal with emotional regulation, processing, and, and management. All three of those aspects of emotional abilities are critical for you to have an amazing, beautiful, and powerful life. And they all will help you move towards loving yourself, accepting yourself, and appreciating yourself. To that end, I have a free emotional workbook on my website, right below the Newsweek logo. It's free, you do not have to register to get it. You just click on the icon. It's a downloadable PDF that you may have and use. If you start reading the emotional workbook and it feels like gibberish to you or it seems foreign, that would be normal. When your brain reaches new territory or reaches goes past boundaries that you've had, sometimes 
content will sound gibberish or it will sound foreign. Stick with it. The more you read the workbook, the more you go over it time and time again, the more it will sound reasonable and rational. Now, if you're really self-evolved, it's going to make complete sense and you won't, it won't sound like gibberish to you. So start that process. I promise you, of all the things you do moving forward, you will never, ever regret growing your emotional abilities. I promise you. Number two, be present or be mindful. This is not something that people commonly do. I have a podcast about being mindful and being present that will help you. That's an amazing aspect of life that will help you with your self-love and self-acceptance. Three, self-care. <laughs> I am a diehard fan of self-care. Make it fun, do it every day, and enjoy it. It is one small way to say I'm worth it. It's one small way to say, I appreciate myself and I am going to take care of myself. Now, when I speak of self-care, I am not just simply talking about your grooming. I do have a podcast on self-care that talks about the myriad of aspects of self-care, which is way more than just your grooming. That podcast will help you. Number four, self-compassion. There's two aspects to having low self-esteem. One is having low self-esteem. The other is that people have an inner critic. So you might, if you have good, healthy self-esteem, and I'm not really talking, I'm not talking about like high self-esteem. I am talking about standalone self-esteem where you feel good about yourself every day, unrelated to your roles, jobs, your status, your money, your situation, where you feel good about yourself, whether whether people have hit you with life challenges and been cruel, that you feel good about yourself. So even if you have healthy self-esteem, you still have an inner critic that you will probably eventually want to tame. And you can tame your inner critic, which I talk about in my podcast on self-care and self-compassion. I've apparently, apparently I've had healthy standalone self-esteem from a young age. However, I did not know I had an inner critic till probably 2008-7-8. And then I embarked on the journey to tame my inner critic. So self-compassion. Five, make a list of all of your good qualities, your traits, your personality, your skills and abilities. I am serious about this, people. I did this with my children when they were very young. So their list looked like I'm a good son or I'm a good daughter. I'm creative, I'm funny, I'm thoughtful, I'm generous, I'm kind, I'm loving, I'm a good student, I'm smart, I can cook, I can build, I can whatever. Like really, it was an extensive list given that they were very, very young. You listening to this podcast are not five or seven or nine. You're an adult, whether you're 18 or even if you're 15. You have lots of good traits. You have lots of good characteristics and you certainly have skills and abilities. Make the list. Then let yourself soak in that list. Take it all in. I mean, if I can come up with 25 or some number of great things about my children when they were very young, you should be able to come up with a corresponding list and let that in because it is disingenuous. It's a lie that you're not lovable or you're not worthy or you're not deserving. 
when you make that list and start looking at it, you will go, hmm, yeah, I think I'm pretty worthy. I think I'm pretty deserving. So make a list and let it soak in. Six, learn to control your mind. Oh, this is where some of you go off the deep end when you have low self-esteem. This is separate, by the way, from being present or mindful. Learning to control your mind is something that has been done since the beginning of time. It has been written about since the beginning of time, and there are many ways you can go about it. I have a podcast about learning to control your mind, which will give you some ideas. This is important. It will give you freedom and power in every area of your life. Seven, use neuroplasticity of the brain to ramp up moving away from being self-loathing or low self-esteem. That means intentional actions, stimuli, repeated over time. One quick, easy way to take advantage of neuroplasticity of the brain in dealing with low self-esteem is affirmations. I am well aware that there are people on the web, in the internet, and with all kinds of degrees saying that affirmations do not work. I beg for them to explain using the science of neuroplasticity how affirmations do not work because the science of neuroplasticity of the brain proves that affirmations would work absolutely they would work so i don't care who says affirmations don't work that's bunk the science proves the science of neuroplasticity proves affirmations would work given the appropriate stimuli or intentional actions over time eight bring love and affection into your life oh my heavens people Marion Diamond, who's considered to be the mother of neuroplasticity of the brain, did this TLC experiment where she had her lab assistants take the rats out of the cages, gently pet them, and say loving and sweet things to them. And those rats not only grew neuroplasticity in their brains, which was the point of the experiment, they also lived 50% longer. As a result of all of her research, Marion Diamond can be found to have said in her research that perhaps love is one of the most valuable, intentional experiences human beings can have. Bring love and affection into your life because it will help you. Love can be a medicine. I just recently did a podcast called Love as Medicine, and there is no doubt that love in and of itself can be a great salve and medicine for people. That podcast will help you understand how love can be a medicine. Nine, reward yourself for progress. Well, I am a diehard fan of rewards. I love rewards. They can be so much fun. Rewards can also help you stay in the game. Life is hard. I've had a very hard life, people. If you haven't, you know, caught up and heard some of my hardships in, that I've mentioned in other podcasts, let me just tell you, I've had an extremely painful and difficult life. On the other side of the coin, I've had this rich, amazing, wonderful, blessed life. I couldn't be more blessed. And I've had terrific hardships. I've used a motivational little reward system since college. I don't know about co before college, but definitely I use, was using one in college. I have a podcast about a reward system. Use rewards. They will help you stay motivated. They will celebrate and acknowledge your progress. They're really wonderful. 10. 
put up signs, posters, and reminders to help yourself stay in the game. It's easy to get caught in the drift of life. It's easy to forget what you're up to. It is easy to forget what you're committed to. So buy some signs, make some signs. I don't care how you do the signs or reminders, but put something out in existence that you will see or hear or be you know in your life so you're reminded what you're committed to in this podcast on self-love and loving yourself your signs could be i'm good enough i am worthy i am lovable i am deserving of all good things in life make some signs or buy them 11 ask people in your life to call your call you out when you're being self-critical i'm telling you this is a great it's a great tool if you bring people in your life into your circle and say listen i'm working on taming my inner critic if you catch me being hard on myself would you call me out on it most people would be happy to do that and many people would say oh isn't that interesting oh i think i probably should do that too let's do it together 12. Do things that make you happy. Happiness is extremely powerful. I am not kidding. Make a list of things that make you happy and start putting those things into your life. Many of my podcasts will help you build skills for happiness. I am not talking, by the way, of happiness related to, you know, the money you have in the bank, your relationship or your status. I'm talking about genuine and authentic happiness make a list and start putting things in your life to make you happy. By the way, when you do that, (laughs) at least for everybody I've coached, when I tell them to make a list of what makes them happy, what automatically shows up is everything that makes them unhappy. That's helpful too, because then you know those are not things you want in your life. My last suggestion in this uh, list of 13 things to help you move towards self-love and loving yourself is to turn to a higher power. I just recently did a podcast on the science of faith, which I found shocking and compelling. Shocking and compelling because according to the research, faith is one of the most significant things that can help people prevent addictions and help people recover from addictions to the tune, according to the research piece listed in the podcast, Volunteers running addiction and recovery programs save the U.S. taxpayers annually over $316 billion. The article talks about it being a national health concern that people are losing faith and moving away from faith and religion. What this means to you is that faith has some very powerful ways that it can help you cope with life. There are also negative ways that faith can impact you. My suggestion is go back and listen to that podcast. You'll hear 18 positive ways that faith used as a coping mechanism can help you with life. I also cover the negative impacts of religious coping if you use religion in a negative way. So for example, from the podcast, which again, you don't even have to listen to. That transcript is fixed, so you can just print it out and look at it. But of the 18 benefits of having faith, things that will help you move towards self-love include 
self-esteem, acceptance, emotional well-being, positive affect, happiness, optimism, hope, and life satisfaction. That's eight of the 18 benefits of positive religious coping. Religion can be positive, religion can be negative. Use faith in the positive way to spur yourself towards self-love and self-acceptance. This common problem of low self-esteem and not liking yourself is not only epidemic, it's a problem. It's causing havoc in your life and it's time to put it to bed. I've just given you the overview as well as 13 suggestions to help you move away from not liking yourself to being more compassionate and self-loving. If you need more help than what I've provided in this podcast, please shoot me an email and let me know because my commitment is that we live in a world where people feel good about themselves, where people are happy, healthy, and well-loved. And this issue of not liking yourself or having low self-esteem is a showstopper and it's completely the opposite of what I want for you in life. That's it. This is Lisa Lundy with my non-musical outro saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 178, Love Yourself. I certainly hope you are going to get on the road to start liking yourself and move into feeling worthy, feeling deserving, feeling good enough, feeling lovable. Please share this podcast on social media to help us end the epidemic of self-loathing and self-criticism and all the bad stuff. I do love you. Hang in there for now. That's it.